This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have a classic episode for you about the Mai Tai cocktail. Yes. Any particular reason this was on your mind, Lauren? <sighs> oh, it is like, it's been cold and rainy and I just want something bright and delightful in my life. And mm. I was looking through the archive and I was like, you know what? Let's revisit the Mai Tai. Let's revisit the Mai Tai. And we we did, we've had some good experiences together, some with the whole team. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah Mai some, Tai related. Some lovely ones, right. Yeah, you can see our Oahu episodes and specifically Cocktail Hour Oahu. Uh, th- this episode, though, aired way before we had even dreamed of making our bosses mad by going to Hawaii. Um, we <laughs> this, this came out in December of 2017. That cracks me up because I'm pretty sure you suggested it and it was once again in the winter. So you must have some like, <laughs> it's dark and dreary and cold outside. <laughs> I need some escape. <laughs> the might I. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, that being said, I, I drink, drink responsibly, y'all. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like we were both a little bit more fast and loose with our concept of drinking responsibly back in 2017. So I want to, I want to really, really emphasize that, especially with a drink like this that contains more than two shots of alcohol and is so drinkable that you don't really notice it, which is a dangerous combination. Um, yeah. Yep. It definitely is. And I think that was in, in this episode, I had said I'd only had like the kind of cheap 
Hmm. Ones you get on, like I don't know, a tourist tourist destination. Kind of kind of watered watered down with juice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was a it was a learning curve for me. I was like, oh, okay, no, okay. I've got to slow down on this one. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I I got to go be the wedding officiant for a dear friend's wedding out in San Diego last year, and they had their reception at this bar and restaurant that did that was famous for Mai Tais or is famous for Mai Tais. And uh, yeah, yeah, they have a two Mai Tai limit. That's it. That's it. They cut you off after that. Yep. Fair. Legit. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely legit. Also very good, Uh, though. Oh, that was delightful in multiple ways. But (laughs) at any rate, uh, I, I think that is enough from current us. Let us let a former Annie and Lauren take it away. Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And it is time for another cocktail hour. Yes, it is that time. It's getting cold outside in the Northern Hemisphere. The holidays are bearing down upon us. So we thought we'd cozy up with a nice tropical escapist drink, the Mai Tai. Yay! Yeah. So for all the people imagining getting away to the beach. For doing the opposite of dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one's for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is a Mai Tai? This is a great question because almost everything I read started with some variation of the phrase, you've probably never had a real Mai Tai. Which is very judgmental. Yeah, but I didn't we have this conversation? Yeah. And then you took me to a place and we got a Mai Tai? Yes. It was great. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what is a real Mai Tai? What is a fake one? And what's the deal with the umbrellas? It is all enough to cause a mild existential crisis right up until you get to the delightful little cocktail umbrella part. A Mai Tai is a type of rum punch. Uh, Purists, like me, uh, will (laughs) tell you that it should be made with a blend of light and dark rums, orange curacao, lime juice, demerara simple syrup, demerara is a type of raw sugar, and sweet almond liqueur or syrup, a.k.a. orgeat. You generally shake this combination with ice and then serve it over some fresh crushed ice with maybe a mint sprig. Um, Sometimes the dark rum or a little bit of surplus dark rum is floated on top of the finished drink instead of being totally shaken in. Uh, And the the flavor of this concoction is like a little bit sweet and sour, a little floral, a little fruity, and a little richer sort of like caramelly. And it's not what I'd call like a refreshing punch, but it tastes amazing and smooth and thus will totally knock you on your butt if you're not careful. This is one of your favorite cocktails, It right? Is yeah. Strange. Oh, this also brings us to, hey, kids, drink responsibly. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that at the top. We should have. Yes. But here it is. But here it is, yes, <laughs> in a, in an, at, at an appropriate place. So that's the kind of, like, base recipe that most people will tell you is the real recipe. Uh-huh. But it is sometimes made with wildly different syrups, liqueurs, and juices, which do greatly affect, of course, the flavor and the result. Uh, pineapple and orange juice are popular, and other stuff like ginger syrup and falernum, which is a uh, sort of spiced lime kind of liqueur. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, the thing that I like about the original is that it's not too sweet, and those other ingredients tend to sweeten it and also kind of just like muddle the flavor a little bit, which is like almost like a bartender pun, but I didn't really work that hard on it. I don't know. Anyway. I, I liked it. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, and that was um, when Lauren took me to get a Mai Tai 
my experience had been with the overly sweetened version. So I was a little wary, but it was delicious. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of complex, and I really liked the almond. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, that orgeat. Oh, man, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so yeah, so a few notes about the ingredients. Because, mm-hmm. um, okay, you know, like rum. I feel like it's considered a little bit pedestrian, uh, but it is just complex as all heck. Um, the, the principal definition of rum is that it's a liquor distilled from sugar. And where it goes from there depends on the, the sugar product used, from you know fresh-pressed sugarcane to boiled molasses or anything in between, from a number of different and distinct sugarcane cultivars, and also what you do with it after you, you know, boozify that sugar, including adding spices or aging it in any number of materials, from stainless steel drums for light rums to uh, spent bourbon barrels for aged rums to charred barrels for dark rums. So much industry really depends on on barrel mongers getting the United States to pass laws about bourbon barrels only being used once. It's true. It all comes back. It does. And we've gotten some requests to do an episode on barrels. And absolutely, that is a great idea. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a great, like, first inedible thing episode. (laughs) Yeah. First inedible thing. (laughs) Food stuff. Not food stuff. Not food. Mm. (laughs) Um, that that uh, orjat is basically my favorite thing in the whole dang universe. Um, you can make your own at home if you want. The internet will tell you how, or you can purchase it. It's generally ground almonds that are soaked in sugar and maybe some orange flower water, uh, plus or minus a neutral flavored booze. That's usually more like a stabilizer than anything else. That orange curacao is also sometimes looked down upon. I blame the 1980s. Thanks mm-hmm. for nothing, 1980s. Yeah. Oh, thanks for quite a few things, actually, uh, like me included. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, as with most things, the orange curacao that is made with, like, actual food is pretty good. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, surprising. <laughs> uh, curacao is actually an island off of Venezuela, and when the Spanish moved in there, they tried cultivating Valencia oranges. It did not work very well. The climate's pretty dry, uh, even though it's a sort of tropical-esque. And over time... The kind of forgotten Valencia orange trees morphed into these kind of like bad for eating but lovely for their oil oranges known as lahara. Uh, they've got this this aromatic, bitter, spicy note that's just lovely. A proper curacao is made with the dried peels of these oranges soaked in brandy. And if you cannot find it, Grand Marnier is made in a similar way and is thus an appropriate substitution. Yes. I really want a Mai Tai now. It's like 10 in the morning. Is there anything you can do to distract me, Annie? I think I might have a little history yeah? up my sleeve. Ooh. Yeah, my Thai history. But first, let's pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Woo. 
Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So Mai Tais got their start around World War II as part of the surging Western interest with all things of the South Pacific. In the U.S., this translated to an explosion of tiki bars across the country, all the cocktail umbrellas, the big bowl drinks, the grass skirt-wearing servers, and tiki decor that you could ever want, as far as the eye could see, inside these tiki bars, anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah. And there are two prominent theories as to who invented the Mai Tai, and they both have excellent names, Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic. I'm, I'm sure those are their real names, too. Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the Beachcomber. Okay. Beachcomber is often cited as being at the center of this tiki culture boom, sometimes called tikidom. And yes, okay, so it's not his real name. Too bad. He went by several <laughs> names. Don Beach... Don Beachcomber, or Ernest Raymond Beaumont Gaunt. Three guesses which one is the real one. Mm. Hmm. It was Gaunt. Gaunt was a Texan (laughs) born in 1907. Uh, He was raised in New Orleans and then set about exploring the world. Legend has it that he was a rum bootlegger during Prohibition. Yes, and he traveled to the Caribbean and South Pacific. From what I read, became sort of like a hippie surfer dude. Ultra chill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he missed this chill when he returned to the U.S. And I've experienced this, too. And there are even whole scientific studies and theories about it. Ah. Different podcast, but it's really interesting. Okay. Um, and he went about returning this chill, restoring it to the U.S. by opening the U.S.'s first tiki bar in 1934. He called it Don the Beachcomber. It was a hit, drawing in crowds that included famous people with its laid-back atmosphere, delicious and strong rum drinks, and the food, which was actually the not-so-common-at-the-time Cantonese food and other kind of Asian foods. Yeah, probably not usually Polynesian, but... No. no. Come from, from the... yeah, yeah. Uh, Part of the Polynesian appeal was that while American-made liquor makers had to restart production after Prohibition, imported rums were available and inexpensive. Also, canned pineapple juice had just been invented. See our pineapple episode for more about that. Mm-hmm. It was such a hit that Gant Gaunt changed his name to Don Beach. That b- original Beachcomber bar is still open, by the way. Huh. You can go there. Cool. Mm-hmm. That same year, a certain trader Vic, whose real name was Vic Bergeron, opened his own tiki bar called Hinky Dinks. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the name changed to Trader <laughs> Vic's game in 1937. It, too, was popular enough so that it opened new locations in Seattle and even pre-statehood Hawaii. In 1939, Beach debuted a cocktail named The Zombie at the New New York World's Fair. If you've never had one of these before, the original zombie was a mixture of white, gold, and dark rums, juice, usually lime, papaya, or pineapple, apricot brandy, falernum, and bitters. 
According to his obituary in the New York Times, he invented 84 drinks before arriving at this one. And allegedly, he whipped it up to help a patron with a hangover get through a business meeting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it didn't work, (laughs) however. Um, Now, how could that be? I don't know. And the customer complained that it actually turned him into a zombie, made things worse, hence the name. (laughs) With the outbreak of World War II, the beachcomber was deployed to Europe, leaving his wife in charge of the bar. And take charge she did, growing it to a chain boasting 16 locations. Tiki culture boomed in the 40s and 50s, thanks in part to the spreading of these tiki bars, which in turn boosted the popularity of these tiki bars. The kind of a circle of tiki? tiki bar life yeah, thing. People really dug the escapist aspect to them, the chill atmosphere. Yeah. Also, American military humans returning from duty in the South Pacific had gotten a little bit of a taste for the culture. Uh, there was a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. It was a whole thing. Yeah. I, I think I've heard of that. In 1944, Trader Vic purportedly invented the Mai Tai in Emeryville, California. He had some friends visiting from Tahiti, and he mixed them this proto-Mai Tai, a combo of rum, a 17-year-old one for this special occasion, lime, simple syrup, orjat, and orange curacao, to which one of the imbibers exclaimed, Mai Tai Roa Ai, meaning very good or out of this world. Hmm. And the reason he uh, mixed this, he specifically wanted to highlight the taste of the rum, because right. it was special rum. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want anything to overpower it, just kind of enhance it. Right. Mm-hmm. Trader Vic never disclosed the exact recipe, which is cited as one of the reasons we have so many bad takes oh. on my ties. Curse you, Vic. Yes, curse you, Vic. And that's what Don Beach says. Huh. So going back to him, he claims to have invented the Mai Tai in 1933, so years before, only he called it the QB Cooler. And he said that it served as the inspiration for Trader Vic's Mai Tai. Oh. Mm-hmm. Beach says that before Trader Vic had Trader Vic's, was Trader Vic's, he, <laughs> he'd frequent Beach's bar and that he pretty much stole the recipe for the Mai Tai. Trader Vic obviously disputes these claims, writing in his 1947 Trader Vic's Bartending Guide, Anyone who says that I didn't create this drink is a dirty stinker. Ooh. Oh, strong words. Man, what a burn. <laughs> The QB cooler has double the amount of ingredients, though, including ginger syrup, orange juice, club soda, and honey. Whoever invented it. Mm-hmm. Let's the all t- don't fight, folks. Yeah, it's fine. Well, so- we'll, we'll fight more later. Oh, perfect. Yes. Whoever invented uh, it, the Mai Tai was so well-liked so quickly that it supposedly depleted the world's supply of the specific rum wow. it was first made with, Ray and nephew 17-year-old Jamaican rum. Trader Vic came out with an updated version of the drink in the 1950s, replacing the now rare rum with an aged molasses-based Martinique rum and a Jamaican rum blended together. Of the drink's popularity, author of Potions of the Caribbean Jeff Berry wrote of the Mai Tai that it was less a drink than a symbol of your Hawaiian holiday, either the one you'd taken or the one you aspired to take. It was paradise in a glass. Ah. That does sound lovely. It does. It was time, though, for the Mai Tai to actually make the journey to Hawaii. What? Yeah, in 1953. Trader Vic was hired by Matson Steamship Lines, a shipping company that helped popularize Hawaii as a vacation destination, to craft the cocktail menus for the Royal Hawaiian and Moana Surfrider Hotels, which, of course, featured the Mai Tai. To make the drink more appealing to tourists, Trader Vic added orange and pineapple juices for a sweeter cocktail at Waikiki's Royal Hawaiian Hotel in 1954. 
and that became a standard, replacing the original less sweet Mai Tai. Don Beach, by the way, had opened a Don the Beachcomber on Waikiki in 1947, so they were kind of yeah. dovetailing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. When Hawaii became a state in 1959, more and more tourists flooded the islands, and the demand for Mai Tai skyrocketed. Bartenders made them by the gallon. Oh. Yeah, and oh. to increase their profits, they watered the drink down, used cheaper rum, and replaced the lime with local pineapple juice. Some had a rum 151 float. Which I guess will at least make you not care about the quality of the ingredients. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the Mai Tai played a significant role in um, the 1961 Elvis Presley film Blue Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, President Nixon was <laughs> a really big fan, and he hung out at the Trader Vic's near the White House, and even took his wife there for Valentine's Day in 1973. I love that. I never would have guessed that. Like... What is President Nixon's favorite drink? Clearly the Mai Tai. Obviously. I think I would have guessed Dark and Stormy. Not sure why. Oh. Hmm. Also in the 70s, Trader Vic released a bottled Mai Tai mix and sued Don the Beachcomber oh. for coming out with Don the Beachcomber Mai Tai mix that claimed on the label <laughs> to be the originator. Whew. <laughs> Mai Tai justice. It went to court. Oh, my um, goodness. And Trader Vic had to divulge his until then secret Mai Tai recipe in a seven-page document he titled, Let's Get the Record Straight on the Mai Tai. He won the lawsuit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I tried to find a picture of that bottle because that that's such a, what a move to put the originator on there. Right? Like, I couldn't find any pictures of it. So if any of you have, oh, if anybody has some. Oh, my goodness. Or has a picture, please send it in. Yeah, definitely. Um. <laughs> Trader Vic still had some hard feelings despite winning the court case, however. In his 1976 Hell of a Man's Cookbook, he wrote, We originated this drink. We made the first Mai Tai. We named the drink. A lot of bastards all over the country have copied it and copyrighted it and claimed it for their own. I hope they get the pox. They're a bunch of lousy bastards for copying my drink. Wow. Yeah. He uh, had some strong opinions. Perhaps a lack of chill? Perhaps. Which I find interesting in this whole Mai Tai story. It's Mm. clearly why I had to drink them. They lost the true meaning of the Mai Tai. Oh, man. Yeah, they lost the original recipe and the true meaning. There's something deep here. There is. Mm -hmm. There's a deeper level to this. Oh, poor Trader Vic. Okay. The verdict seems to be that Trader Vic copied the style of the restaurant of Don the Beachcomber, and he got the inspiration for the Mai Tai from a drink he liked there, but he did, in fact, invent the Mai Tai. It was different enough. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we talked about in past Cocktail Hour episodes, in the 80s, a lot of cocktails suffered the terrible fate of corner cutting with the addition of syrups and often overly sweetened canned juices. The Halakulani on Waikiki was just about the only place you could find the original Mai Tai. Using original recipes was kind of their whole thing. And in 1986, New York bartender Danny DePamphilis revived the original Mai Tai at the Moana Hotel, but the price meant that it didn't stick around very long. Oh, no. The price, by the way, was five fifty, which I'm sure at that time was like what today's prices are, but I, in my head, that's $5.50 like, is pretty good. That's like, give me 29 of those. <laughs> sure. Tiki culture also sort of faded to the background between the 60s and 90s, but it's come back in a pretty big way recently. Mm -hmm. Um, 
The bar at the Merchant Hotel in Belfast, Northern Ireland, made the Guinness Book of World Records in 2007 by selling the most expensive cocktail ever, a Mai Tai, made with the 17-year-old Ray and Nephew rum used in Trader Vic's first iteration Oh wow! for a smooth $1,475 a pop. What? For one. For one. That's a lot more than five fifty. Yeah, quite, okay. quite a bit. Uh, but people bought them. The hotel ran out in less than a year. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine that. Well, anyway, as of 2009, <laughs> Oakland, California declared August 30th Mai Tai Day. Oh. Yeah. I think every day is Mai Tai Day. <laughs> well, it is here at Food Stuff, anyway. <laughs> so that's about the history, the not-so-chill history of the Mai Tai. Uh, we've got a little bit more, but first we've got one more break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So here is where I was going to have a Lawrence Killjoy corner about uh, tiki culture and how problematic it is. But I just really didn't feel like doing that today, to be super honest. I, I was like, can I just not talk about racism for once? That would be really nice. <laughs> so instead, I'm going to talk about cocktail umbrellas. <laughs> Yay! Yay? And we can talk about we can talk about the rise and fall of tiki culture at another point in time. Um, uh, but okay, yeah. So, so since you asked, Annie. I did. According to famed tiki drink historian, who we have already mentioned once in this episode, Jeff Barry, his blogs and books, blog singular, and books, plural, are the best. Totally check them out. Um, the Tiki Umbrella saw its first use at the Hilton Waikiki, possibly in 1959. A bartender there by the name of Harry Yee was looking for a suitable garnish. He first used sticks of sugar cane for his cocktails, but found that customers had this annoying habit of chewing on them and then leaving them in the bar ashtrays, getting everything all sticky and requiring extra washing up at the end of a shift. 
no good. Uh, he also tried orchids, but they were kind of persnickety. So he started using this festive paper umbrella on a stick that the hotel happened to have on hand. It was probably being used as a, a fancy toothpick or maybe a plate garnish or maybe even an inexpensive gift for, for customers for use in their hair or on their hats. If I ever see it, someone picking their teeth with an umbrella, <laughs> a little <laughs> cocktail umbrella, it's going to make my day. Oh, I'm sure it's happened. I think that if you hang out at a Trader Vic's long enough, it's almost guaranteed. Homework assignment. I'm going to do it and I'm going to photograph the evidence. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, get, get, get their day. We'll put it on social media. It'll yes. be great. Um, but uh, we haven't talked that much about science this episode. Is there science behind the cocktail umbrella? Is there? Are they actually shading your drink and protecting it from the sun? Just like an umbrella would do for me? Rather! Um, they might indeed keep a bit of direct sunlight off of your cocktail, allowing the ice to melt more slowly. Which is great because drinks do become a bit unbalanced as they water down from ice. Plus, according to professors of chemistry and organic chemistry that Bon Appetit magazine spoke to in 2014, melted ice will, um, the ice melting rather, will raise the temperature of a drink above that zero degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Fahrenheit, and thus slightly increase the rate of alcohol evaporating out of your glass. The protection of a paper umbrella will offer a pretty negligible effect, however, compared to like the ambient temperature of the room, the table that the glass is sitting on in your hand. So, <laughs> so the science is about that noise. That's yes, the, the scientific answer is that noise that Annie just made. I also did a weird face and a shrugging of my shoulder. And a half shrug, yes. They have my left shoulder Yeah, just the left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Science. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we have to say in this cocktail hour about the Mai Tai. We will definitely come back and talk about tiki culture. And also, I kind of want to do one on, um, like you mentioned, how rum kind of has this... Oh, yeah. Uh, stereotype college drinks around the world almost because I think one of the reasons it has that um, association is because that's what you drink in college. And it can be so cheap and it's kind of sweet yeah. and it's kind of feminine. And yeah. as we've mentioned before, if you're filling out that bingo card, yeah, just hit hit, hit down the, the weird Gendered. gender dysphoria <laughs> food, yeah. of yeah, rum drinks. So, yeah, yeah, lots, <laughs> lots of really fun episodes to come back to at a later time. Oh, yeah. And that brings us to the end of this classic episode. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it. Um, and as always, if you have any uh, recipes, uh, riffs, mm, uh, mm-hmm, thoughts, mm-hmm. any of that, always appreciate it. Um, you can email us at hello at saberpod.com. Uh-huh. Uh, we are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saberpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.